Hey guys, welcome to Radical Rocks. Today, we have a very super exciting and educational episode for you today. Um, So many topics, it's going to blow your mind and wild topics as well. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at Radical Rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals. Quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard. But the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Alright guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for going to RadicalRocks.com, scrolling down to the bottom, and getting involved with either our social media, or our videos, or our blogs, and things like that. Also, want a special thanks to James Archetko, who gave us a very nice donation. We really appreciate that. It helps us get the news out there. Um, Some of you may not be familiar, but besides from all the social media education that we put out there, we also go into, we have gone into schools and groups and passed out some nice polished rocks and hand out for the kids to take home and hand out uh, nice things for the kids to be able to look at fossils and rocks and gemstones and help build their appreciation that these things are all around us in our day-to-day life. And, um, something that kids naturally gravitate to and to be able to open up that window uh, for them and the potential for them to explore into the wonderful world of rocks, gemstones, geology, or paleontology, or wherever that takes them in their quest in life. So we really appreciate that, James. Thank you so much. Um, We will use that money well. All right, so today we got a huge, huge show. Cliffs of Fundy, um, it's a geopark in Canada. We're going to talk about agates, a little bit about uh, the common varieties and how they're made. Always a good subject, always new things to be learned and uh, remembered. Canadian Fossil Discovery Center for Research, amazing gemstones at Sotheby's Auction, going to blow your mind. Trends and engagement rings, alternative gemstone investments. We've talked about gemstones quite a bit, but this is different than anything that I think we've talked about. A meteorite from uh, a Hindu uh, study in India uh, that brings out some very interesting minerals that are in it. Bridgmanite. Uh, Moon water. Is that possible? Is it costly? Is living on the moon something that... uh, is going to be done soon. Very interesting. Um, chalice plume agate, how to work with that. Uh, we will talk about that beautiful mineral, that agate, a plumy white plumed mineral. How to control the electrical vehicle market. Well, they're going to use minerals to do that. We'll talk about that. Uh, rabbits the size of horses. Is that possible in the fossil world? Maybe. What about fossils on the moon? We've got some wild subjects today about some fascinating findings, Um, that and more, guys. So let's get right into it. Um, One other thing is we are looking into the Anchor Spotify um, subscription-based podcast where we would do very specific podcasts on subjects. If you're interested in that, please leave us a comment. There's the ability to leave comments now on uh, the Anchor platform. So, and other platforms. So, we'd be glad to do that or stop by our website at radicalrocks.com. And uh, we do not plague you with, uh, we don't, we don't hand out your email to anyone. We do not plague you with advertisements. Um, basically, I don't think I've sent out any newsletters yet, except maybe one in the last uh, six months. So, it's very, very rare that we send anything out. But if you want to reach out to me, that's the way to do it. Go to the website. Sign up for that. Send me a message. I will get back to you as soon as possible. All right, let's get into it because, man, we have a rock ton of stuff to talk about today. Let's get into rabbits the size of horses. I mean, that just sounds insane. But at the uh, site, 
SciicDaily.com. It's S-C-I-T-E-C-H daily.com. There's an article there on uh, these giant rabbits. Could rabbits the size of horses exist? Why not? This is the Cato University from October the 29th. And they show this uh, rabbit here that looks like he is a monster. You know, when you think about rodents, um, which rabbits are a little different than rodents, you think about the size of the smallest mouse is about the size of your thumb. And there is rodents, the capybara in South America. These things weigh, I think, uh, 50, 60, 70 pounds. They're huge, right? They're giant. Giant rodents that uh, will get drinks along the shores of the Amazon River and get devoured by um, crocodiles and get devoured by these giant anaconda snakes that weigh uh, 250 uh, pounds or more. So we see the examples of the tiniest reptiles to the giantest snakes. And then when we look at the fossil record, we see that sometimes... Uh, animals are quite a bit larger in the past. For example, koala bear. There is uh, little koala bears. They're very cute. Um, you can just hold one in your arm, like uh, a little bit bigger than a cat or a small dog. And they have found fossils of these uh, koala bears from the ancient past where they towered over the size of a man, taller than a man. So also scorpions. We see scorpions, the biggest scorpions, maybe five or six inches long at the largest. And in fossils from China that were found recently, we've talked about them. They've been found all over now. They're finding these giant scorpions, sea scorpions, uh, three to six feet long. So could that be the case with rabbits? Yes, it could, of course. So the Cato University has examined this and they feel that this is quite possible. Uh, rabbits, Small rabbits, uh, probably not much bigger than the size of uh, your two fists together. Uh, maybe even a little bit smaller. Dwarf little rabbits exist today. And then the jackrabbit, which uh, I think might actually be considered a hare. Those things stand over two feet tall. So through the stream of times, this article debates uh, using the examples of other animals that this is entirely possible so if that's something you're interested, you can go to the uh, SciTechDaily.com website, Rabbits the Size of Horses. Why not? Yes, indeed, why not? All right, some other interesting rock, gem, mineral, and fossil news uh, regarding minerals. Who will dominate the global electric vehicle market? Maybe you've heard about some of this. Um, there, of course, we hear that uh, countries such as Afghanistan are rich in minerals that are needed to make batteries and that control of that would be pivotal to a large share of this industry that seems to be politically correct thing to do and a lot of money being thrown those directions over the last decade, billions of dollars thrown to companies who are going to make solar panels and that just went broke, enriched themselves, and didn't produce anything. Um, this has happened over and over again, where the U.S. just dumps millions uh, in up to a billion dollars, and now billions, if not uh, billions, and tens of billions, and hundreds of billions into this market, and other countries are doing the same thing. Well, China... Here, if you go to theglobalmail.com, China wants to dominate the global electric vehicle market, and it's using Congolese minerals to do this. Um, according to James Griffiths and Jeffrey York, uh, they published this article detailing the, uh, the minerals and things like that that China is trying to control uh, and use to control the vehicle market and enrich themselves. Uh, it's C-O-N-G-O-L-E-S-E. -E. Congolese, I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, Congolese Minerals. That is what they are going to use. Now, you have to subscribe to get the full article, but if that is something you are interested in looking at more, you can do that. Now, 
Other interesting things. What about harvesting water on the moon? This is something we've talked about. We know it's possible. Um, it seems possible. They're reporting that they found uh, water deep within each side of the moon. Um, if you go to interestingengineering.com under the article, Can We Harvest Water on the Moon Without Sinking Into Debt? Will We Just Be Bringing Our Bad Consumer Habits With Us to the Moon? Um, they look at the possibility of getting this watery ice. Now, why is this watery ice a good thing? Well, a lot of things can be had with water. You can, of course, drink it. Um, it can be broken apart. Actually, highly efficient on the International Space Station. We've developed techniques that allow us to recycle water and oxygen pretty efficiently. So that is keys for surviving is oxygen and water. So if the human population on the moon... Uh, grows, which it likely will. There will likely be stations on the moon. Um, why? Well, minerals are important. Of course, scientific study uh, is always an interest, and that will drive this if nothing else does. But the minerals are important there. So what do they need to make life more um, hospitable on the moon is energy stores. Right, so they'll have to bring up storage devices up there, um, and fuel cells and things like this, and fuel and oxidizers, so that they can continue propulsion to be able to explore the the planet or the moon, and to be able to return to Earth. So they're going to want to recover their hydrogen and oxygen through electrolysis, um, and of course there would be some leakage on that. So when they have these energy and fuel sources, um, they will be able to use a methane oxide mix in the rockets, so that would help. Um, it says about 40% of the moon's mineral comprised of oxygen. So there's minerals on the moon that can be used to, to do these things. Extracting water from the moon is uh, by hydrogen, very, very useful. This is a fuel. Um, water is H2O, and if you manipulate that um, uh, by pushing a um, it through a catalyst, you can uh, get things out of it. Hydrogen reduces um, at a thousand degrees centigrade once it's heated through uh, uh, an iron oxide and titanium and uh, uh, another mineral. This can be made and reduced to water, iron, and metal which uh, is very good, and that can be electrotized to uh, hydrogen and be recycled. So that can be done. Um, there's also peaks of external light uh, that happen from the poles that can be used for, um, they can beam this light with uh, reflectors to the peaks and the centers to be able to use this solar energy and light to uh, work on the poles of the moon where it's very dark, right? And they don't have a lot to work with there. Using these mirrors that must be transported, um, these can power robotic mining vehicles and uh, other uh, tools and, and instruments that are needed to be able to get the water, to be able to mine these minerals and do these things. So really amazing. Um, but very, very expensive. This complex infrastructure that needs to be built to get this water and do this potential mining, um, wow, it's it's going to take a lot. But people are bound and determined, and this is something that uh, something that's going to happen, uh, whether whether we agree with it or not. It's going to happen. Now, Scientists find a mineral that is typically only seen in the depths of the earth, um, in the mantle, and uh, it just, it can't really be on the surface. It changes as it comes up, is the way uh, it's been explained. In the Hindu.com, uh, the article, scientists find a mineral seen in the depths of the earth in a meteorite, um, Subhashri Deshikan wrote an article that talks about this mineral um, 
that is found in this this uh, meteorite that they found. And uh, they say it came uh, from the moon. And um, they feel that it impacted the earth and got deep into the earth. Okay, I don't know about that. But uh, maybe the moon came out of the earth. Who knows? Whatever it is, um, they feel that there is a kinship between the moon and the earth and that uh, that's where a lot of this mineral came from. And in our magma ocean, um, they feel that at one time Earth was just, that's all it was, was a, a an ocean of magma. It was basically a liquid planet. Um, and the heavier iron and nickel went to the core with the lighter silicus and such, um, you know, being a little bit more outside the mantle area. And uh, somehow got in this uh, meteorite was the, what's called bridge, uh, bridge menite, which consists of magnesium, iron, calcium, aluminum oxide also has a specific structure to it that uh, can be identified. The crystal structure of natural brigmanite has been reported in other meteorites um, that you can look up if you want to. And the chemical composition does not fully match with the terrestrial mite that is found in the Earth's interior between um, 660 kilometers and 2,700 kilometers. Um, their findings uh, lead them to believe that this is not from the Earth. It's from somewhere else. Um, yeah, that could be. Maybe not, but they're continuing to study this um, so-called meteorite and its substance to figure out where it came from. I think I just accidentally erased an article. Darn, because I double-clicked something. Let's see. All right. I want to talk about these crazy jewels at Sotheby's auction. Now, I do believe we've talked about these once or twice in the past. It says objects of desire. You go to iol.co.za and you will see these. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, um, but they're jewels at the Sotheby's auction spelled M-U-G-H-A-L. I, I think the G would be silent. Mahal Air Jewels at Sotheby's auction by Buell. Mambanambi, and they are crazy. This is a pair of spectacles that has crystal emerald lenses. The frame is encrusted with quite large diamonds all around. Now, these fantastic spectacles, also another pair made of diamonds, diamond spectacles were made around the 17th century. Um, the belief is that looking through these spectacles, one pair called the Gate of Paradise, this is the one with the emeralds, the other one, the Halo of Light, has the diamond lenses. Both of them are on diamond-mounted frames. Um, these glasses were unknown, uh, were made by an unknown uh, 17th century Prince, and these stone lenses were believed to enhance spiritual enlightenment. At Sotheby's, the reference to the uh, Islamic Association of Green is that of paradise, salvation, and eternity. Each lens was cut into a teardrop about 20 millimeters wide and 30 millimeters long and about 2.95 millimeters thick. Sourced from the same stone, unbelievably. Um, there's so many stories about these. The emeralds came all the way from Colombia in the 17th century through Portuguese merchant ships. Um, these were very loved gemstones. Uh, the Sotheby specialists of these gemstones from the Islamic world gives the details of this in the article. The diamonds came from the Golconda mines in India, and uh, they were cleaved from stones which originally would have weighed two to 300 carats, refashioned into their current 19th century spectacle-like fashion. 
These spectacles, Sotheby's website says, has a subject of, are the subject of full technical investigation into the gemstones and why they were sliced. Just crazy. Um, these things uh, would have been taken from gemstones that probably weighed um, some 200 carats. Wow. Yes, these will sell for probably millions and millions, maybe even tens of millions of dollars. They are so rare and spectacular. The top 10 engagement rings that will always be in trend at the University News Network com if you want to find out about that Roger Bishop tells us you know there's the traditional there's the solitaire there's the halo there's vintage style um, and some not with uh, just normal diamonds but other gemstones some people like to use birthstones uh, as engagement rings that can be a good choice if you really are in love with your birthstone side stone engagement rings these are engagement rings that just have uh, a center stone and stones on the side of course there is the accent engagement rings they have tiny gemstones that are um, studded on the shank of the ring any combination of gemstone halo and side stones are broadly categorized under the accent engagement ring. There's engraved engagement rings, just beautiful engagement rings with uh, names and uh, maybe the religious beliefs or uh, scripture or uh, saying that is uh, something personal to the couple. Modern engagement rings, of course, we're familiar with. You can see those down at Costco and any uh, jewelry store. Alternative gemstone and metal uh, engagement rings have become quite popular. Uh, rare metals such as cobalt, tungsten, stainless steel, even silver, which I have silver. I like silver a lot. White gold does not uh, treat me very nice. I break out when I wear it for a while. But alternative colored gemstones, very beautiful, loved and cherished. Yellow gold engagement rings are also coming back. People are liking the yellow gold again. They're getting tired of the white gold and um, the rose gold and the mix of golds and things like that. So gold, gold is coming back. So you might want to look into that if you are selling uh, engagement rings or you are um, going to have an engagement, <clears throat> things like that. Now, let's get into stepping back in time at the Cliffs of Fundy, uh, Unisico Geopark by Pamela Roth. Um, you can go to uh, edmontonsun.com, E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N-S-U-N.com, and look up about this geopark, which is in Canada. Um, you can see not only beautiful scenery, as this is next to the ocean, uh, it has some of the harshest waves and uh, shoreline during times of the year, the highest tides in the world, a 165-kilometer shoreline uh, recognized as the Cliffs of Fundy, a geopark for its geological significance. There's rocks, minerals, and fossils. There's a crazy amount of water there that impacts these cliffs. Um, you can go check this out. It is beautiful. The fall time is a nice time to go on the world-famous Cabot Trail, a 300 a uh, kilometer highway that weaves through the Cape Breton Heights National Highlands National Park. There's stops and gorges, good places to eat, and all sorts of things like that along the way. The author talks about these delicious lobster rolls. If you like lobster, this might be something you want to check out. There's a variety of rocks and minerals along the rugged shoreline stretching east to west to the lower Toro to Apple River House, more than 500 million years of geological history, they say, which includes fossils from Canada's oldest dinosaur, dinosaur ancestors, modern mammals, fish, reptiles, and amphibians. More than 100,000 fossil bones have been unearthed here at the Wasson Bluffs um, in this area, so the dating back to the Jurassic time period. And uh, this is a wonderful place. If you uh, go there, you will want to go ahead of time and find out uh, the weather, um, things like that. But uh, it does look like a really neat place. It says, if you go, 
Um, this park was built in 1893. Maple Bay Inn in Peru offers beautifully restored rooms in two century old houses. There's a website here, HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash mapleinn.ca backslash or you can go to the article again at edmontonsun.com and find out more about this wonderful place. Now, believe it or not, um, I want to make sure I got all the moon stuff done before I go in this. Um, might be a good idea, but I'm going to go ahead and hit it. They say, according to this article, that they found fossils on the moon. So let's elaborate on that. Let me get a swig of coffee here. As you know, this is one time, one take, and there we go. <laughs> um, unless I'm able to quit my day job, that's the way it shall continue from henceforth until further notice. <laughs> um, at NP, which is News Patrolling, uh, newspatrolling.com, Jagmahan of Baikinar discovered fossils of dinosaurs below the surface of the moon. This was put out two days ago. I'm going to give you the spelling of his name. J-A-G-M-O-H-A-N of Bikener, B-I-K-A-N-E-R, um, because this might be one you want to look at too. Um, there's a picture of the gentleman here, this Jag Mahan who is the first man in the world, they say, to find external life on a planet, um, the moon, other than Earth. Whether you believe it or not, an area of about 500 kilometers of the moon, below the surface, they say has been discovered an area of fossil remnants of the dinosaur time of the Mesoic era, which has been discovered by amateur astronomer Jag Mahan Saxena, S-A-X-E-N-A, a research article to this effect has been published by an online journal called Open Science Framework hyphen preprint. Okay, so they have um, a spectrograph looking um, image that has been done, which they believe exposes a fossil. Um, the link is says is also available on Google ResearchGate called Science Research Table. Um, the information is here if you want to look that up at newspatrolling.com. It says you can see that there is an image here of a fossil discovery. This is for the first time using sensors, uh, sensing tools with satellite imagery has been effectively used to search for external uh, extraterrestrial life signs, according to this. The breakthrough shows that uh, animals and fauna on the moon. The spot in the lunar surface has been identified in the moon south pole um, crater at the Bogus, B-O-G-U-S, crater. Uh, also, in a couple other locations that they found, areas richly populated with dinosaur fossils along with other animals of the mosaic air. It's quite possible that the fossils and flora of this area um, can be found at another location. They said the fossils below the lunar surface have been identified as possibly the skull of a T-Rex and the structure of a skeleton of uh, another creature, um, skeletons of Parasauropolis, and also they use tools provided by NASA, LROC site under the lunar, lunar surface. It says, this area on the moon has an area covered with remnants of large fossils of the Mosaic, Mes Mesozoic period, Mesoic period, and clear structures of fossils observed have been reported here. The discovery may start a new debate about the moon's emergence, um, when it appeared, uh, is it a broken piece of the earth, uh, or what? So, very interesting. Uh, be great to see more about this. If they did truly 
have images that look anything at all like a dinosaur, surely this will be explored much, much more. Um, one thing that is bizarre as well that uh, I'm scratching my head about is it said at the very end, quite possibly uh, planets like Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter may also have signs of life. Hmm, maybe. Um, I don't know about the gas planets like Saturn and Jupiter, that seems pretty unlikely that they're going to find anything there. But who knows? I mean, the claims keep coming. Let's let's see the proof. Let's see the fossils and then uh, determine how they got there um, and or what the options are. It's always theories, but uh, very interesting. Dinosaurs on the moon. Who knew? Fossils fetch some fantastic findings. This is at uh, echo-news.com.au. Rockhounds fetch some fantastic findings by Katie, simply Katie. And they just are talking about findings. Findings, if you're not familiar, which I figure most of you are, but maybe some of you new folks. These are when you get your rocks and your gems and your minerals. Hopefully at some point, you're going to get interested in cutting those up. So you're going to join a club, and uh, they're going to have a big diamond saw there, and you're going to cut that up into slabs. Uh, or you're going to go buy slabs, and then you can just take a little rock unit, grinding unit with a little trim saw, and you can trim these up and make them into beautiful cabochons. So what do you do with them now? You can learn silversmithing. Um, I've got videos on our um, YouTube, and also we're getting them on Rumble, uh, slowly but surely, painfully slow. But we... We'll show you how to do that step-by-step step if you want to do it. But you can buy findings that are already formed, and you just simply place a stone in there. They can be epoxied, or uh, tools can be used to put the um, bezel edges around it and uh, push down to hold the stone in place. Various different sizes and designs are available. The article goes into that. Um, it's an update from the Mitchelton and Districts Gym Club. So if you want to look that up, you can find out more about it. They have a Facebook page, a WordPress page, and you go to Mitchelton and District Gym Club uh, and look that up and you will find it. They have phone numbers here as well. If you want to call them, you can do that. And I'm sure they would appreciate it. The website again, uh, echo-news.com.edu dot au that is and uh, look up rockhounds fetch some fantastic findings and you will be able to see all about that now there is a mineral and gym show there's a lot of mineral and gym shows guys i could not possibly have squeezed in every single one this time there was just so much um trying to get you information that's relative and interesting and entertaining and going over gym show after gym show after gym show is not going to fit that bill. Um, so we're having to weed some of that out. But in November 12th, 13th, and 14th in Mesa, California, there is the Fall 2021 West Coast Gym and Mineral Show. Should prove to be a wonderful gym show. Um, they do charge. There's parking. But uh, this should prove to be a very nice gym show. If you go to Mineral show mineral shows lld.com there will be updates of all their latest uh, mineral and gym shows and this looks a lot better than some of the other mineral and gym shows where it's mostly all about beads and pre-made jewelry i like the one with the rock hounds and things like that uh where rock hounds actually go out in the mines and miners actually bring in their minerals this one appears to be that caliber it's LLDproductions.inc, Minerals, Fossils, and Gym Shows. They're not sponsoring the show, but uh, for information purposes, I wanted to bring that to your attention. Alternative investment in gemstones. What would that be? We've talked about investing in gemstones, rare ones that uh, could go up. I've told you about my investments. Um, but what about sculptures, figurines, carvings made from precious gemstones and collected by Russian and British monarchs. Now, maybe this is a little bit out of most of our caliber, but in the digitaljournal.com, there's an article here published by Git News on the 28th of October, which is last month now. They have a beautiful sculpture here 
of a woman's face. Uh, it is a Madagascar citrine, quartz rock crystal. Beautiful. Some of these more spectacular carvings could actually be worth having. But uh, I think these are things you're going to have to dump some money into. Um, some of these investment pieces are Russian and British uh, monarchs that took the time to collect them. They used the most hugest and giantest, finest gemstones that they could find um, and had them formed into Easter eggs, miniature animal figurines, and all made from semi-precious and precious gemstones. Um, it is amazing, folks. This could be a wonderful type of way of collecting. Now, I know a lot of little gemstones are carved into images and sold at the gem and mineral shows, uh, 10 20 50 $100. You really want something, if you're looking for it to go up in value, this is going to have to be something much more rare, unique, um, you are going to want um, a good artist or a spectacular piece that is just unusual. If it is a specimen and this would be something of value um, and it is of highest quality, then this could be something that you want to see because the rarest, precious, and semi-precious gemstone materials carved with precision and elegance from good carvers or excellent carvers from around the world Using the colors of the gemstones to enhance the effects of the sculpture can increase its value. So this is something you would need to do some research on. Um, there's quite a few, a uh, couple different pictures of some of these images that you can find. But looking up the articles of gem carvers, people who do this for a living, um, there is another uh, source for finding out information on gems and carving. You can find that at https semicolon backslash backslash gems and the word and a n d carvings dot com g e m s a n d c a r v i n g s dot com. If you are interested in adding this to your portfolio. I am thinking of doing a podcast on uh, Spotify or on the Anchor subscription on 11 different types of natural gemstones that you might want to find out about that are used in day-to-day -day life. Um, Kansas City Rocks, Geological Journey Across the Region by Libby Hannison. Uh, this was published on the 28th. can be found at kcur.org wonderful article about rocks in general um, where you can dig into the bedrock of this region in Kansas City and find out about its geological history. Um, pretty cool. Uh, everywhere you go there is usually some history about rocks and minerals where they occur. Um, these rocks and minerals in, in Kansas and City have been used to build uh, edifices, roads, monuments, pathways. These impressive rocks that have been used to build this area are often not fully appreciated. Forming Kansas City, uh, when you look at it, it was hewed out of rock in certain areas. And when you look at the ancient history, this was once an inland seabed. Um, and you can hike all around these areas. The Ice Age also left its marks on the area shaping the northern part of uh, Kansas City. There's a beautiful limestone ledge across uh, along the Missouri River. There was a lot of trading posts and things that were established back in the day. The history of this area is gone into in this article if you want to find out more about it. It was not a flat land. Um, there was rivers and bluffs and other areas. When you think of Kansas, you think of flatlands, but that is not the case. Limestone deposits became quarries. These were used for building shopping centers in different areas around the area around the city of Kansas. Also, when you pass the stone walls around the Southern Moreland Park or the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. Um, there is the walking wall, which is made of the, the stones, the Flint Hill Stones of Kansas. Also, other deposits uh, are used in, uh, and carved by man and machine, uh, used for mining. These limestone 
Uh, areas were carved into subterranean rooms that now house a number of businesses, including document storage for natural archives, a climbing gym where you can go bouldering underground, and the city's most subterranean, actually the country's most subterranean post office, 150 feet below the surface. There's underground space carved in the hills of Parkville, which hosts everything from academic offices to a distillery. And... Uh, Pretty cool picture of fossilized um, um, little skeletons of stony sea lilies that uh, are housed in the museums there. Around those parts, the Bethany Falls limestone, identified as a member of the Pennsylvania system, named for Bethany, Missouri. Particular limestone is dotted around the city, a rock shelf about 15 to 30 feet that extends for hundreds of miles, shaping the landscape and such. This uh, other uh, limestone honors as is honored as being the state rock uh, in the falls of the Missouri pinkish sedimentary rock found in Benton County, about two hours southeast of the city. If you want to learn more about rocks and minerals um, through the Missouri State Department of Natural Resources, you can purchase a ready-made collection of Missouri books or email uh, Ask a Geologist with your rock questions there. Pretty cool. The official state fossil was found uh, prominently in the Kansas City area as a crinoid, a starfish on a stick is what it's called. <laughs> uh, this really looked like an upside-down umbrella with a stem. This was a plant that had a digestive system and ate other animals. Um, they have other specimens that were excavated on uh, 10th and Grant Street. Uh, this was found in 1889. Across the state line, two state fossils, a... Uh, uh, marine fossil and a uh, flying fossil, a petro petrodon, and the state rock, which is a different type of limestone used for post stones, uh, are also found. Galena is the state mineral, and gilinite is uh, a type of amber, which is the state gemstone, the rarest amber in the world. So lots of interesting things here on rocks and minerals. Tells you where to spot them. Um, hiking trails around Kansas are great areas to look for the different rock formations. You can uh, find a list of these areas. Uh, for example, on 87th and Blue Ridge Parkway, excavation exposed almost a thousand feet of limestone and shale strata um, described as a geology of Kansas City, Missouri. There's a tour where you can drive through Cliff Drive, shortest scenic byway in the country, with unique makeup of the region's limestone bluffs. It was dedicated in 1905, only available to bikers and pedestrians. Um, all kinds of hiking spots are around here. Other ones you can look at. Some are more taxing than others, so you will want to do the research. Rock and road trips, Monument Rocks Limestone Formation in Kansas. This is just a bluff of uh, limestone that rises above the earth. It looks like an ancient uh, wall of a city to me. Pretty cool. Uh, dozens of outcroppings in Bethany Falls of limestone look really neat. Elephant Rock State Park in Missouri is another place with gigantic granite boulders and other areas where you can climb and look and look at concretions and other things. Um, football fields worth of climbable sandstone, concretions, other areas all over that you can read about. Where to learn more? Um, the Geoscience Museum at the University of Missouri-Kansas City Volkers Campus is the Richard Sutton Jr. Geoscience Museum. Um, of course, there's Missouri Department of Natural Resources, uh, digital publications you can find, uh, Geological Wonders and Curiosities of Missouri, another link they have here that you can click on, and so much more, guys. I mean, it just goes on and on, all the things in Kansas and Missouri when it comes to rocks and geology and minerals. Now, what about the plume agate? The chalice plume agate, C-H-A-L-L-I-S, uh, on Rock and Jim, what to cut on the 25th. They put out a uh, 
uh, email that I tell you about, and they talk about this beautiful plume uh, agate. They have it uh, cabochoned in various different shapes and patterns. It is found in central Idaho. Characteristics of the beautiful pieces you see there. Uh, the plumes are white, clouds, poofy. Um, some look like uh, explosions. Some look like clouds. They are pretty floating in a clear um, agate material. These clouds and plumes appear. Patterns such as sea foam, foam green, um, are also found dark green feathery plumes mixed with yellow agate. Um, this color combo is shared by the prudent man agate. Banded outer golden flame pattern is, uh, is uh, much like Wyoming's lysite agate. Um, it's also found with various pockets of bitroidal agate and angel wing cap type agate. Beautiful. How to find the chalice plume agate? It isn't easy. Um, sometimes you'll see it on Facebook or eBay. Uh, comes in a seam, generally sizes larger than the 2 to 10 pound range are quite rare. This graveyard plume and others that form the same way. Um, difficult to judge what you get on the inside, but often once it's cut open, you will not be disappointed. When you slab this material, there's usually a rough uh, or angel wing top, which gives you an idea which direction to cut. I found the article um, says that uh, it's best to cut from top to bottom, so the elongated piece, and that will display the best patterns, much like cutting lace agate, so you can see all those layers. When you have these slabs cut, you will want to incorporate the angel wings into your coat, uh, into your designs. Soak them in hot soapy hour, uh, water for hours. Use a steel brush to knock all the dirt out of the angel wing cap unless you plan on just cutting around it. Use only the solid portions of the agate. So the angel wing stuff is apparently kind of crumbly and doesn't really take a great polish. When you draw out your designs, test the material. Make sure that there's no fractures. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to try to heal them or fix them. So that's, you know, can be an option, but it's usually better to look for a better piece um, unless you have very limited supply or you're trying to salvage every last piece of a spectacular specimen. Um, so you will just grind that into the shape. You can cab this out. Uh, it is a little tricky, it says, because this material does vary in hardness. So when you have a material that has varying hardnesses in it, uh, if you push really hard, you will not get a smooth um, cabbed surface. The, the more brittle or weak pieces will grind deeper and you'll have these waves along your cabochon, which does not um, do the, the reflection and the, uh, very good on the stone. So you can shape it with an 80 grit wheel. Um, if it's especially soft, you may want to use a hardener or you can try to start with a 220 grit wheel to do some of the final um, shaping. And then you will want to continue down with finer and finer grits um, until all the scratches are gone. And then do the polishing, which uh, uh, you can do with uh, either an iron oxide or a um, ceridium oxide. Either one, your choice. Okay. Um, our kind of headline article, I think. I don't know. I don't know which one's the headline today. There's so many interesting topics. What are agates? Explore the common, uh, the common types. Another uh, article brought to us by Rock and Jim. Jim Brace Thompson uh, put this out on the 25th. What do agates look like on the outside? It states. Um, they send this to me in email. And then I just click on the links and look at the beautiful articles. They have a beautiful piece of fortification. We've talked about fortification. This would be banded um, from chalcedony, typically, with uh, which is just a variety of quartz. And this is a very popular type of chalcedony and a very popular a type of agate when you have these bands. Very collectible. Um, they're common and abundant. Can be found from all over the world. We've talked about that you are probably going to find a agate uh, with banding somewhere within a day trip, um, most places in the United States. And uh, if not, then you will be able to find some 
affordable ones via rock shops, gym shows, or online. Now, you can find some of them already cut. Um, they can be cut and polished halves. They can be slabs. Some of them are even tumbled. Some of them can be cut into some wonderful um, cabochons. Um, but these agates, as they get rarer and rarer, are more collectible as halves and polished or slices, depending on the rarity of them. So they're formed in a variety of ways, variety of colors, the way they grow um, with these agates, with banding or um, feathering or brocaded or seams. It, it can be a variety of things. These vessels um, and cavities as they're being formed can be filled with basalt. Um, they form inside of basalt cavities within limestone and erode out as nodules. A lot of times when you dig out agate clumps, they're in seams or they are in nodules and uh, the rock around them can be powdery to very, very hard and difficult to cut out. Fortification agates, again, have these concentric bands that look like a fort, right? Either three or more sides that form. The waterline or water level agates have these bands that are formed by gravity, uh, layer after layer. Sometimes when these bands uh, are changing in angle, it shows a disruption in the geography or the geology at the time they were being formed. So sometimes as the land is being uplift, you will see tilted lines within your agate. These are uh, very interesting. The dots or bitrudal things that you see uh, are eye agates. They can have spots on the surface that can be polished and are quite beautiful. Um, sometimes bitrudal is the formation, sometimes just the difference in materials causing one color or mineral to form in a circle, kind of like oil in a uh, water, how it wants to beat up. Um, that is uh, kind of the way this happens. Flame and plume agates are uh, swirling red lines or other colors where agates uh, have formed to look like ferns or plumes of smoke. Um, this too is uh, probably as the material was thickening and uh, the heavier material seeped in and leaked kind of down, uh, slowly causing this flame look. You have saginite agates, which are quite beautiful, needle-like um, patterns that form uh, to look like uh, clumps of fern or to look like bursts or to look like fireworks. Uh, moss agates are kind of similar to plume, but uh, they do not form uh, separately so much. They're just all over, formed in and around, and form these varieties of agates that are beautiful to collect and give it this depth that looks like reds, yellows, greens, and varieties of colors of fern are in there um, at all different levels of you know how opaque it is or how clear it is to how deep and vivid the ferns or um, uh, the type of moss that it appears to look like can be. Quite spectacular. Um, check out this article if you want to see some nice pictures of some plume, some uh, plume agate, uh, some tube, tube agate. Oh, in addition to the types we've talked about, there's shadow agate, tube agate, which we've talked about, seam agate, uh, pro polyhedral, uh, ehydro, fire, iris, and many other varieties of agates to be discussed and talked about uh, perhaps at a later time. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, thanks again, James, for the donation. We really appreciate that, um, putting that on the PayPal donation on our website. That was very nice. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming by, checking out RadicalRocks.com. Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die. We petrify.